is good. Awesome, awesome. Well, raise your hand if you have a testimony you'd like to share tonight. If something just, you just got to tell something about Jesus. Oh, Awana's got a testimony. I can't see with behind me. All right, Awana, come on and share your testimony. Kids, all right, you're dismissed. All right, Awana, come share your testimony. Well, today I was at more than a meal, and not very often I meet people that are on fire for the Lord, but it was just a divine appointment. This 20-year-old kid just came up and was telling me how thankful he was and how blessed he was and that he had a job, and someone had given him a bike, and someone had given him an iPod, and, but he needed a job, so we prayed. And, and the Lord just impressed upon my heart that, you know, 
he's walking with the Lord. He's giving the Lord credit, praying in the spirit, praying all day long. The Lord just impressed upon my heart that I needed to pray for him or tell him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. And uh, I just told him about it. I said, you remember what Paul said in the New Testament? He's like, yeah, I remember that. And I started just bringing all the scriptures back up to his remembrance. And then I told him stories of my two daughters that had gotten baptism in the Holy Spirit without me even being there. And uh, I said, so I'm just going to pray. Anyway, it was the easiest thing. He got his prayer language so fast. I was just amazed. And it was so awesome. Well, here's the big miracle. About that time, a little girl named Jessie, she's 18, she was 18 when we met her last year. She's 19 now. And those of you that were here a year ago, Jessie came to church back when we were at the Nazarene building. A blonde, cute little girl. And uh, she walks up. I've only seen her like three times in a year. She walks up, hugs me, knows this guy, hugs him. Hi, Patrick, how you doing? And then right out of the blue, he's like, hey, I prayed in tongues. And she looked at the spot we were standing on and she just got this weird kind of, it was exactly a year ago right here that I got baptized in the spirit. And we just were high-fiving and just, it was overwhelming that the confirmation came right there for that guy to know someone he knew could share his joy. I just thought it was the sweetest thing in the world for the Lord to do that. Yay, Jesus. Awesome. Well, um, how many of you know that um, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? All right, I just feel like there's somebody here that's been um, wanting to have uh, the release of a prayer language and pray in tongues. They've been asking for it. Maybe they've even had questions about it, and, um, but just weren't quite sure. And um, I don't mean to put anybody on the spot, but at the same time, you know, um, breakthrough is sometimes uncomfortable. Amen? When Peter got out of the boat, that probably wasn't very comfortable at first. I don't know. Walking on water probably was a little scary, right? So if that's you and you've been praying for the release of your prayer language or for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you'd just like us to pray for you for that, could you just raise your hand if that's you? I don't want to put anybody on the spot and that's, that's, if that's like so too uncomfortable for anybody. But I'll tell you, it was the, it was the most life-changing experience for me. I'd been a Christian for 23 years with no power. And when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God came on me. I started reading 10 books a a week. I mean, it totally, totally transformed my life. All right, nobody's raising their hand. All right. But you know who you are. (laughs) So I'm going to pray for you anyway. So you can just receive it in your nice little comfortable chair. All right. So, Father, I just pray right now for your kids that, you know, have just had questions about this or maybe they've just not been sure. But, Lord, they also have this yearning in their heart that there's more. God, they know, they, 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 they know there's more. <laughs> and, Lord, they're hungry. They're hungry. I can feel it. I can feel their hunger, God. <laughs> and I can also feel just a little bit of fear and not sure. I remember that, Lord. I remember, I remember what it was like to be taught that it had passed away and to be confused because people that I respected didn't believe in it. And so, Father, I just release grace upon them right now, Lord. 
And I just release freedom in the name of Jesus to follow their heart and to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and just to open up their mouth, Lord, and say, we want more of you, Holy Spirit. Baptize us in your fire. Baptize us with your power, with the evidence, Lord, that was all there in the, in the book of Acts. And, Lord, I just release the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And I declare right now, Father, breakthrough for these people. And I speak right now, Father, a release right now of their prayer language and a new dimension in their walk with you. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Awesome. All right. Let's go to Proverbs 23.7. I'm like kind of out of it here. I don't, it's like all of a sudden I forgot where Proverbs was. That's pretty scary. All right. Woohoo. All right. Proverbs 23.7. I love this scripture. I have it highlighted. Just thought I'd tell you that. All right. Let's pray. Lord, you're just so good. We love you. And we love your word. Your word is like honey. Your word is just amazing. It's life. And uh, we thank you that it's alive. (laughs) Your word is actually alive. And uh, so, Father, we just ask you to feed us. We ask you to give us daily bread and to, um, I don't know, transform us by the renewing of our minds tonight so that we can think differently in our heart and be different. We want to be like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Okay, I'm just going to read the first part. It says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Okay, so guess what? The way we think is really, really important. Okay? Now, the heart, you know, I've heard like tons of teachings on the heart. And, you know, I remember reading the word for years and like thinking like, okay, what is the heart? Like, Obviously, if you're thinking with it, <laughs> then it has your mind is a part of your heart, okay? Um, but it's not just your mind, okay? It's really your soul. And it's connected to your spirit. Okay? And it's really that innermost part of you, that invisible part of you, that, you know, the word of God says to guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. So the heart is like the gatekeeper. It determines whether we're going to experience abundance or where we're, whether we're going to experience scarcity. God can't move beyond what we believe. In Mark 9.23, let's go there. Mark 9.23 says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Okay. Now let's go over to Romans chapter 10. In Romans 10, it says, 
verse 10, Romans 10, 10, it says, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Okay, let me read in the Amplified. For with a heart, a person believes, adheres, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and is so justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he confesses, listen to this, declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. That's a powerful scripture. With the heart, a person believes, adheres to, trusts, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. Now, I want to go one more place, Matthew chapter 12, because I'm just building a case here for a second, about the function of our heart and the importance of our heart. In Matthew 12, in verse 33, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and the fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of their heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Let me say that last piece just a little different. Because sometimes when we think justified and condemned, it doesn't really make sense. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say instead of it saying justified, the word free. Okay, because when you're justified, you're acquitted, and you're set free. And when you're condemned, you're put in bondage. Okay, so let's read that one last again. And it says, for by your word, you shall be set free. Or, and by your words, you shall be put in bondage. So here's the deal. Your heart is really, really important. And the thing about your heart is out of the abundance of what's already in it, you're already speaking. Sometimes I always say, if you want to know somebody, just listen to what they say. Just, just listen for a little while. You know, if you're in a ministry situation and you need to, you want to be ministering to someone, just let them talk for a few minutes. Because out of the abundance of their heart, they will speak. And it says here that you can, 
by the fruit, determine the root. That what we see has its origin in something that you can't see. Everything that is seen, okay, in our lives. In other words, our life in Christ is an inside-out work. It's not the external situations are not the problem. It's what we think about the external situation that is the problem. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. In verse 15, it says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus came basically saying, You guys, you need to repent. You need to repent because the kingdom of God has arrived. And you need to repent and believe the good news. How many of you know the kingdom of God is good news? Like I like to say the kingdom of heaven is good news. Is heaven good? Okay. And the idea that heaven has just come here right now, the time is fulfilled, heaven has arrived, is that good news? Okay. Okay. But guess what? There's something in between you and I experiencing it. And it's called repentance. Now, repentance is not an altar call. It's not where, you know, if Tracy was here, we get her up on the keyboard and she plays a sad song and we all come down and we cry together and we're repenting. Now, hey, sometimes we cry when we repent because there are a ton of consequences that we're in the middle of because we didn't know better until that moment. And so, you know, the word of God says, you know, godly sorrow is, is you know, it's, it's, not, it's not that it's bad to cry when you're repenting. It's just that don't think that that's repentance. It's crying. Okay? Repentance has to do with changing what you believe. It's a believing issue. Guess what? Just by saying I repent is also not repentance. It's saying you repent. Okay? Repentance actually has to happen at a subconscious level. Because what you believe, by the way, is stored there. Half the time, we don't even know what we believe. The only way really to know what you believe is check out the fruit. Because the fruit will show you the root. And I know this is not, this doesn't sound like good news. You right? Because you're like, oh no. I can't hide. My fruit is talking. <laughs> right? But it is good news. It would only be bad news if like that was like the end of it. Okay, like that's not the end of it. Like, oh my God, my fruit is talking is not the end of it. Because actually, if you listen to what your fruit is saying, 
it'll tell you what you need to attack. Okay? Because there's something that we're believing that is not right. And so repentance is actually to change your mind. Okay. Now, again, changing your mind is not like I want fries. Like me and Sabre went through the drive-thru the other day, and I'm like, she's laughing at me because I'm in the middle of the drive-thru, and I've already given my order. And then I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I don't want that. I want that. And she's like, oh, sometimes when I go through the drive-thru, I change my mind in the middle of my order. Anyway, she was making fun of me because I was indecisive and changing my mind. But guess what? I was not repenting. I was not repenting from fries into onion rings. Okay? That is not the change of mind that I'm talking about. Okay? I'm talking about like the heart level, what you believe is completely now different. Okay? Now, this kind of belief, by the way, is not like you have to like... Because see, what you believe right now is producing fruit, just because that's what it does. Beliefs produce fruit by nature. That's what they do. They just produce fruit. So the issue is not like the fruit, and it's, it's really not even trying to believe something. It's cooperating with God to actually just change what you believe. Now I shared, I'm just wondering if you guys are ready for it, but I shared a pretty radical kind of like, um, experience today in the school of empowerment that was designed to be an impartation that you could take home with you to, to eradicate a poverty mentality. And I shared it. It was it was a it was it was a it was a meditation encounter experience where you shut your eyes and you go into the realm of the spirit by seeing the unseen. Did you know that every person in here can see the unseen? Like you're like, no, I don't know that I can. No, you really can. Okay? Close your eyes. Okay. Um Big truck. Okay. Can you see a big truck? Okay. How many of you know there's not really a big truck in here? Okay. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's not a big truck. Well, you know. Okay. So you just saw something that you didn't really see. Okay. You can interact with the unseen realm. And the word of God says that unless a man be born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. How many of you are born again? Okay. If you're born again, then guess what? You can see the kingdom of God. You're like, huh, really? You can. You got to close your eyes to see it though. You got to close your eyes to see the kingdom of God. Now, if we're going to believe that the kingdom of God is here and we're going to repent and change our mind and believe the good news that the kingdom of God is here 
And so that means we've got to change our mind about the reality of the kingdom of God being right here, right now. Then that means that we're going to have to change what we believe about it. Then we're going to have to change it, first of all, by seeing it. Okay, let me just back this up with scripture before y'all, like, your head explodes. Okay. Um, all right, let's go. There's lots of, a lot of places I could go here. But let's go, to, uh, let's go to Genesis for a minute. Let's go to Genesis 11. And I want to talk about the process of changing what we believe. Now, Genesis chapter 11 is a story about the Tower of Babel. Now, this is not like a good example as far as, you know, like a righteous use of what I'm about to talk about. But it does, it doesn't matter because the enemy uses the same principles as the Holy Spirit. Because he also has to work through what you believe. See, the enemy has to get you to agree with him in order for his plan to come to pass in your life. Okay, just like God has to get us to agree with him for his plan to come into our life. Okay, if all things are possible, if we can believe, well, guess what? If you believe it's impossible, it's impossible. If you believe it's impossible, it's impossible. It's impossible for you. But if you can believe that it's possible, it just became possible. Amen? So the fact that this is the Tower of Babel and this is a bad example really is not the point because our heart is our heart. And as we think in it, we are. So in Genesis chapter 11, okay, it says, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into the heaven and let us make us a name. Lest we be scattered abroad among upon the face of the whole earth. So first of all, let me say this. These people had a vision. These people have a vision. The vision was to build a city and a tower up to heaven. So they had a vision. Now, had they built a tower yet? No, they just had a vision for a tower. Now listen. Verse 5 The Lord, it says, came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Amplified, it says, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Well, first of all, did they, had they built anything? No. They had a vision to build something. But yet God saw it as built. Is that not interesting? Matter of fact, the Lord was so threatened, you know, I mean, as much as God can actually get threatened, just work with me, by this vision that in verse 6 he says, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this, I mean, this is such an amazing 
just teaching about the power of unity and the power of speaking in one accord. Because this it says, and thus they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Do you know that our minds and the way that we're designed, that whether if we experience something in you know, the physical realm or we just have an imagined experience with it, do you know that our brains are not designed to know the difference? That's when you're dreaming and maybe you're having like, you know, you're running in your dream or, you know, something like that. You wake up and you're sweating and your heart is like, boop, 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 like that. Okay. You've done nothing. You're like laying in your bed, like completely sleeping. Like you're not running, but yet you're sweating and your heart is beating. Like you just ran a marathon. Like, don't you wish you could get in shape like that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Of course, that'd be me that says that. But anyway, um, the point is, is that in a, a real experience, an imagined experience, the brain has not been designed to know the difference. Now, the way that our minds actually receive a belief, okay, it's, it's through experience. It's through authority figures. You know, think about this. How many of you ever had like, uh, you know, everybody has this, right? Like some of us, it was a teacher. Some of it was a schoolmate. Some of it was a parent. But somewhere along the line, somebody told us that, you know what? You can't do that. You can't do that. That's not possible. And we started learning the boundaries of what is possible. Possible for us possible for our lives, what we can be, what we can't be. And it was like a computer getting programmed with a whole bunch of beliefs. And those set the boundaries of what is possible in our life. See, that's why Sozo is so powerful. How many of you in here have done Sozo? Raise your hand if you've ever done Sozo. All right, stand up, Catherine. Let's just say thank you for a minute to Catherine Toon. To our lovely anointed Sozo leader. Seriously, is she setting us, helping us get set free or what? Um, but that's why Sozo is so powerful because it's an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's a prophetic experience that literally gets down into that subconscious level, down in the memory bank, right? Down into the real deep in the soil. Like Mark 4 talks about our heart being soil, right? And it's where those roots of those trees that produce that fruit actually are. They're down deep in there, in the, in the dirt. And you've got to dig them up, right? And the Holy Spirit gets down there and sometimes a memory pops up. And what, it sh what he's showing you in Sozo, right, is the, the place where that belief got programmed in. And if you've been in the so Sozo at all, you know the process, right? You then like... One of the questions you'll finally get to is, you know, you'll like, I renounce the lie, da, 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 da. And then you'll say like, you know, Holy Spirit, show me the truth. 
Now, isn't it interesting that we say, Holy Spirit, show me the truth. Most of the time, we, we, and how many of you, most of us, if, we're, if you've never done a sozo, just, just walk through this with me. Most of the time when we ask that question in a sozo, what happens? We, we actually see something, right? Right? It's a, it's a, an, and is it, are we using our spiritual eyesight? Okay. Let me just kind of demystify that for a minute. And can, I'm just going to call it what it is. It's your imagination. Can I just say that? Your imagination is not unholy. Like it's not flesh that you got to like suppress and be afraid of because that's not spiritual and it's not in the Bible. Well, yeah, it is because it, we just read it. And, you know, when Paul says, pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Well, you know what the eyes of your understanding are? The eyes of your mind. You know what the eyes of your mind are? Your imagination. So in the Sozo, when, you know, Holy Spirit or Father or Jesus shows you the truth, do you know what he's doing? He's helping you repent. And he's coming in with a new experience. It's an encounter, an encounter or an experience. Granted, we might call it an imagined experience, but it's Holy Spirit inspired imaginations. Look, if the devil can give us vain and wicked imaginations, well, let's at least give the Holy Spirit enough, you know, power to give us, you know, a Holy Spirit, holy imagination. It's not wicked and it's not vain. It's holy and it's profitable. And the thing that's so powerful about that. Now, listen, how many of you have been in a Sozo before and been like you walked out of there and you're like, whoa, that I'm like, you're like in another realm. Like it was, it was a spiritual experience that occurred. Yes. Under the anointing of the Holy spirit, but you know what? It took place in your imagination. I don't, has anybody had an open vision yet in a Sozo? Okay, besides the Sozo leader, okay, and Barb. Like they're the advanced group over here, um, which they are. But my point is, is that the reason it's powerful is because you are having an experience, an encounter at that moment that is coming in and changing what you think, changing what you believe at a heart level. And you know what? You don't have to work at it. Because now you're just going to be that. Because you are what you believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so are you. you it's not like you, you're working it up. Your heart is producing fruit constantly. We're fruit producers. Now, I'm saying all of this because we have to take ownership. We have to take ownership of our hearts. No one is going to own your heart for you. And no one's going to own my heart for me. And you know what? We are responsible for what we think. God is holding us accountable for our thoughts. Otherwise, he wouldn't tell us. Let's go over there. In um, 2 Corinthians, hopefully it's 2nd, 2nd or 1st, 10. I think it's 2nd. Catherine will know. She always helps me know. Whenever I have a question, I'm always like, Catherine, can you? This is like, Kath, like brag on Catherine night. This is awesome. It's nice. I think next week we'll brag on Jeff Martello. Oh, darn, I'm not teaching next week. Sorry, Jeff. Um, okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm in a goofy mood tonight. I hope that's okay. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10, 
it says in verse 3, For we, at, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know what strongholds are? Beliefs. A belief is a stronghold. It's a stronghold. There can be good strongholds and bad strongholds. And it says casting down imaginations. Oh my gosh, there's that word again. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, guess what? We are responsible for our thought life. You and I are responsible for how we think. We're responsible for our hearts. Guess what? We're responsible for our emotions. When you blame somebody else for making you mad, do you know that that is not right? They're not responsible for your emotions. You know, when you, when you st- think about it, when you stand before Jesus, are you going to be like, Adam, well, that, she made me eat it. It's that woman. Right? How many of you know that God wasn't like, oh, dude, really? Don't you hate it when that happens? Okay? That is not what, that is not how it works. We guard our hearts. Now, guess what? The Holy Spirit, he's an amazing helper. Like, there's a grace on this thing. Like, you aren't, you know, you aren't doing it by yourself in pure might. He is like a master mind renewer. And I love it because so many times what happens is we don't even, you know, I I remember when I, I mean, I really am freer than I used to be for those of you that know me now, Um, which is scary, right? But um, the point is, is that I, I mean, I had so much bondage in my life that the Lord showed me one time that it was like a, a rubber band ball. Have y'all ever seen those rubber band balls? Like you can buy them at Office Max or whatever. Like they're pretty cool. Unless that's like God talking to you about how messed up you are. Um, But when you're, I mean, but that was like the point. It's like you've got such a rubber band ball of lies. And he was like, and, and only he knew how to take rubber band number one and remove it. Rubber band number two. And remove it. Rubber, and now, you know, you can't get to rubber, rubber band number 40 until you've dealt with 1 through 39. Right? So that's why therapy without the Holy Ghost is like fruitless. Trust me, I did that for three years. Um, I really, I like learned a lot about therapy, but it really wasn't very helpful. Um, so, you know, we, it takes the Holy Spirit to help us, you know, but let me say this. I love it that he lets, you know, like sometimes the circumstances are like really dictating what we need to attack, you you know? So whether, I mean, how many of you just, you know, like had to, you know, you get a diagnosis from a doctor. Well, maybe that's not the time to renew your mind about, you know, parenting. You know, right? Now, the, the, the real proactive strategy is to constantly be doing this. I mean, the reason I pursue this stuff, I mean, when I was out at Bethel last week, 
at the Kingdom Administration Conference? Had a sozo. I mean, I think I probably had 10. But I don't care. I want to guard my heart with all diligence, and I want to repent. And I want everything that's not like heaven in my life rooted up. And I want to think righteously so that the fruit in my life is from the tree of life. So I'm going to just talk practically about how you and I can actually do this without wearing Catherine out. Okay? Because a sozo, guess what, is just one way to do this. Now, I still did it when I was out at Reading, and, you know, I get with Catherine maybe once a year, twice a year, whatever, as the Lord leads, depending on how bad of a week I'm having. Um, but proactive encounters with God, proactive imagined engagements with the realm of the Spirit is like the best recipe for good fruit production. Okay, let's look at Psalms chapter 1. In Psalms chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, you know why you're blessed when you don't do that? Because you're guarding your heart. Because if you're walking in the counsel of, of ungodly. And ungodly doesn't mean that you're like, you know, a murderer. Ungodly means that you're not someone that's not doing the things that God does and thinking like God does. I mean, so really all of us are ungodly in some areas, at least. So it says, but don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or sit in the way of sinners or in the seat of the scornful, because when you do that, you're not guarding your heart. You know, there's a scripture that says, do not be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Okay, I know we're called to the world. We are absolutely called into the darkness. But you need to recognize that the atmosphere that you're in, you're either under it or dominating it. And if you're not dominating it, you're under it. There's just no, there's not an alternative so we have to be proactive that if we are in the darkness, we better make sure our light is on and that we're displacing that environment. That's why we don't just go hang out just anywhere unless you're witnessing and you're, you're you know, blasting people. Now, in verse 2, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord, let me say it a different way because, you know, there was like years where I would be like, the law of the Lord, I'm not following no law, you know. But it really means instruction for those, that have, those of us that deal with rebellion. And it says, and in his law or instruction, he meditates day and night. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. It says the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. 
But in verse 3, it says that when we meditate in the law of God, that we are like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. Meditation is a way for you and I to enter into a spiritual experience, to engage our imagination, to contact the realm of heaven, and change what we believe. Now, it's, that sounded really complicated, but it just means that you spend time in your imagination going into a realm of the impossible because the kingdom of God is impossible and you can't move beyond the image that you have of yourself. Now, it's really um, counterintuitive to the like fallen intellectual mind because the falling, fallen intellectual mind likes to be led by what you see with your physical eyes. So if, you know, Mike's acting like a jerk over here, like I'm going to, my, my natural reasonable mind wants to call Mike a jerk because that's what I see with my physical eyes. But when you meditate, you move beyond that and you move into the realm, for example, of who God says Mike is. And you look at Mike and you see the mighty man of valor. And you see the man that's doing exploits. You see the man that's slaying giants. You see the man that's giving away millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars. You see the man that's raised the dead so many times that he has to turn off the ringer on his phone because everybody's calling him to talk to him about the people that he's raised from the dead. Should I keep going? Okay. This is the mic. Okay. This is the mic. All right. That is so ridiculous in the spirit that he's actually walked on water. Now he did it on the way to raise the dead because so this little girl had drowned and he didn't have a boat. Okay. Let me just say this. We're just starting to tap into the realm. You guys read the gospels. They're ridiculous. I mean, it's, they really are ridiculous, but that's the kingdom. And so we have permission to get ridiculous. And it's time to engage with the realm of the spirit. Because the realm of the spirit is what transforms what we see. The realm of the spirit is where all of creation was birthed. It was birthed from the spirit. It went from the heart of God into the seen realm through the words that he spoke. 
And when you change what you believe, guess what? You're going to change what you say. You're not going to have to work on it. It's just going to start coming out of your mouth. And by those words that you start speaking, you're going to be set free. And by what you believe, that's just how you're going to be. All right? So there's like people in here right now that need work. Is that true? Okay. That was just the one the Holy Spirit gave me. So let's imagine work. What does an abundance of work look like? There's some of you that just have a vision. Have a vision for your future. God has called you with a holy calling. You know what? Joyland has an amazing future. Has an amazing destiny. Pastor Larry, Pastor Vicki, the Joyland band. Our kids ministry, our youth ministry. Every person sitting in this room has a ridiculous, can I say that, future in God. But you know what? You're going to have to see it before you ever get there. When you get there, let me tell you, that's not going to be the first time you've seen it. That's the way it works. Let's spend time now. I I exhorted the, the School of the Empowerment folks. I said, you know what? Take two minutes a day. Now, if you've got more than two minutes, take more than two minutes. But we should at least, I mean, come on, two minutes spending time in that realm, incubating, meditating, germinating. I hope that's the the right use of that word. Where's Larry when you need him? Um, Right? But just developing your belief systems. We need to see. We need to see it. And you know, when you, you know, I like, sometimes we like to do, you know, if you like it with worship music, great. You know, if you like it without worship music, if you like to, you know, I like to lay down sometimes. I like to actually get scriptures and put them on four by six cards sometimes. The word says, write the vision and make it plain. Write that vision. Write what, what is it that, what's your future look like? And I'm telling you, y'all, it's bigger than you've imagined. We need to give God something to work with. I mean, I mean, you know, at least maybe. I mean, nothing's really a challenge for him, but let's at least act like we're trying. And let's give him something to, let's challenge, you know. God's given us dreams already. I mean, he's given us dreams of, of our futures. How many of you have had an actual dream of, of your future? Raise your hand if you've had a dream about your future. I mean, that's a lot of people. That is awesome. That's awesome. See how much God loves us? He t- and if you hadn't had a dream, don't freak out. Because I really hadn't had a dream either. But I still had a vision. You know, I mean, I still, I mean, it still was Holy Spirit inspired. But I'm just saying, isn't that awesome? But it's not enough just to dream it or receive it and be like, oh, thank you, Lord, that was great. You did not repent. We, gotta re- we have to repent. And that means you've got to spend time until that thing becomes such a part of you that 
Again, you don't have to even do anything to make it come to pass. The fruit just comes. If my word abides in you and you abide in my word, right? Then fruit just happens. So we need to spend time. I mean, two minutes a day, really. I don't even know where that came from. I just think that that's just the power. And what what I'm talking about here is that it's so powerful. I mean, Usually, like, for example, in Sozo's, I mean, man, that's like a BB gun or a machine gun after the, I mean, you get out of there and you're like, I don't even know what all happened. There were like so many lies and so many things that you did in the time that you're in there. So it's not that it takes a long time. But if you think about that, what what you'll start to notice if you start to do this is how much, this is the other thing that, that you'll just hopefully start to notice is how much of your time are you actually spending thinking about the other stuff? thinking about the unpaid bills or the, you know, whatever. Because, see, here's the thing. When you start this, like when you start to create a new possibility for your life, when you start to get into that realm of inventing a future, okay, the first thing you got to know is that with your physical eyes, the first thing you're going to see is that it's not that. You're going to look around and be like, and, and the, your first inclination is going to be like not to do it anymore because it just seems like pie in the sky and not, it's silly. But that's not the time to quit. So I know I'm just going to believe God that you've got a homework assignment out of tonight. That you've got something in your heart that the Lord has been speaking to you about as I've been talking. And there's like some targeted area that he is like, we are going to eradicate that thing together. We're going to repent. I'm going to help you repent. And you don't have to cry. If you want to, go ahead, but it won't be repentance. We're going to repent, and we're going to uproot that thing, and we're going to change the way you think, and you're going to be that. Isn't that awesome? Cool. All right. Well, again, I want you just to touch somebody around you, and we're going to get into agreement because agreement's powerful. That, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to help us renew our minds and repent. Here, Jason, you agree with me. All right. So join hands with somebody. Okay. And you can join hands with more than one person. It's all right. There's no quota. All right. And let's pray. All right. Okay. Okay, I got one more thing to say. Sorry. It's just I, The Holy Spirit interrupted me. <laughs> Be upset with him. Okay. Okay. Offense is really a problem. It chokes out the process. It's like a big old fat weed in your garden. And it really hinders the ability for your fruit to grow. It chokes it out. There's other stuff that does too, but the, Lord, the Holy Spirit's not talking about that one. So you know what? If you just need to release something right now, and let me tell you why you can, and it's really not that hard. Because Jesus forgave you. And the blood of Jesus washed you white as snow, and you're a sinner too. I mean, I know we're righteous, but guess what? We all are not. We're all growing. We all see in part. We're all messing up. We all are, we really need help. We all need Jesus, right? So we can be like Jesus and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
Now, don't say that they don't know. They're idiots. Don't say that. Just say they don't know, okay? And go ahead and release whoever that is that, you know, just made you mad. Because the devil will send another person to make you mad, by the way. If he can keep you offended, he'll send a thousand. It doesn't matter. You'll run. Go to another. You can't run. Just might as well deal with the whole offense thing. So let's just repeat. Let's just say, Jesus, I desire to repent, really repent. And so I pray for my neighbor, and I pray for myself, and I just release your grace, your power, the spirit of the living God right now into the process. And I ask that you would help us all just meditate in that area that you've been prompting us about tonight. Okay? And then one other thing I just felt like the Lord is prompting us to do is that we just need to share this with somebody. Just, you know what? The light, everything is reproved by the light. And so, you know, just if you want to share it now, great. Or if it's like, you know, too personal and you want to find somebody else to share it with or something. I'm just going to ask, you know, in the course of tonight at some time, just share with somebody what that area is. Okay. So that they can just come into agreement at a little bit more specific level and say, you know what? I'm going to help hold you accountable to that. And when we see each other, we're just going to remind like, hey, how's that? Yeah. How's that, that bad root coming? <laughs> right. How's that repentance thing working for you? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Amen, you guys. I had fun tonight. Thanks for listening. All right. Love you.